Give it to Jesus. You can give it to Jesus. You may please be seated. We want to thank God so much for what He's doing in your lives. We are so grateful to the Lord. We want to thank um, our national head and then our pastor. Go and the wife, Dr. Grace. And we want to bless the Lord once again for what God is doing in your lives. Hallelujah. Um, I came with Elder Gideon Osu Echao. Is he here? Can't see him. Wow. <laughs> Probably he's. he's he told me he's finding a place to park. And then also, I was expecting one sister, Sister Bridget. Are you also here? Sister Bridget. I think she's also not here. All right. Okay. Last Friday, was it Friday? Yes, we began something on the body of Christ which is your theme for this month. And so we looked at locating yourself spiritually in the body of Christ. Locating yourself spiritually in the body of Christ. And we studied quite a lot. And um, we want to continue from where we started off. Locating yourself spiritually body of Christ. Because of the time, I would want to move a little faster than I did the last time. But the slides are there. And so, as you follow along with me, um, even after the word, I'm sure it's going to be shared on your platform. So, um, it's going to be much easier for you as you go through it. Uh -huh. And we said that the this presentation is to help all of us identify and to locate ourselves in the body of Christ. Uh -huh. So we want to identify and locate. In other words, we want to see, um, you have to be able to see yourself in the mirror of God. Uh -huh. How you look like. Uh -huh. And then uh, put in efforts. Yes, put in efforts so that you can grow and function well in the body. So this is the, the, the objective of this uh, presentation. And the scripture we read the last time, our key scriptures were two. We read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. And I'll take it very quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 16. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 40. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching 
and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will all, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Verse 16, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Hallelujah. Yes. And then the second scripture was taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Sorry, first. first. Yeah, okay. Somebody is taking it. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse. Verse 27 to 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 to 29. I read in Jesus' name. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, help, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Amen. Amen. So Bible makes us understand that we are the body of Christ. And so you and I, we are the body of Christ. We are the church. And the last time we said that there are three stages of spiritual development. Three stages of spiritual development. We have the babyhood, babyhood. We have the childhood. And then we have the adulthood. We could not dilate into all of them. But we looked at the babyhood um, stage of Christianity. Um, we also said that there are characteristics of each stage. So we have the babyhood kind of Christianity. There are characteristics, characteristics of the childhood, the characteristics of the adulthood, and so forth and so on. And so we described how the babyhood Christianity looks like. And then we said that um, every person who comes to Jesus, irrespective of your age, irrespective of your educational background, or how long... Um, you are experienced in whatever thing you are in you are experienced in. We always come to Jesus, and we all start off at the baby level. Yeah. So even if, if even if you are a professor, and you come to Jesus, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. We all start off at the baby level. So there is nobody who starts off at the adulthood level. So we all start off at the baby level. And we encourage all of us, especially leaders, that in every, just as in every home, we have babies. Or we could have physical or spiritual babies. That is the same way that in the church of God, we also have babies. And it is upon us as leaders, we need to take it up as a responsibility to ensure that we care for these babies and ensure that they grow up to become who they must become. Hallelujah. And so it is our responsibility, our responsibility, all of us, to ensure that the babies born in the house of the Lord grow up to become who they are. Some characteristics that, you know, we see about babies is their innocence. You know, they are innocent. Uh -huh. They don't know um, 
um, what is good or what is bad. You see, they are innocent. And that's one thing that attracts you to a baby. And then we said that they are ignorant. You see, they don't know anything that a baby finds. Um, he or she wants to put it into his or her mouth. Uh-huh. So that shows ignorance. And we said that um, it's one characteristic that shows that even as Christians, we need to be careful what we gulp. You see, we need to be careful what we listen to and stuff like that. So all these things, if we are not careful, we said that if you are not sure of something, ask your pastor and let him explain it to you or ask your leaders, let them explain it to you so that you don't find yourself in a position where you are just gulping anything. Yes. So that is where we got to. We said that one other characteristic is irritability. Uh-huh. Babies are easily moved. Um, they easily get angry and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And all these things show uh, are characteristics that show um, the babyhood kind of you know, Christianity. But we want to be quick and get to the second stage. Childhood. Uh-huh. Childhood. So this is where we got to the last time. And we want to quickly run into it. So childhood stage. And we want to take the same scripture again, this time around reading from Ephesians 4 verse 14. Ephesians 4 verse 14. Ephesians 4 verse 14, I read in Jesus' name. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the lead Christ. All right. Thank you very much. So children in the natural are unsteady. They are liable to shake or fall. Uh We know that about children. So in the natural, they are unsteady, liable to shake. They are easily influenced, impressionable. And in church, they are inconsistent with church attendance. Hallelujah. They are inconsistent. You know, children, you would have to work on them to understand what they do. Uh To understand what they do. And they learn very fast too. They learn very, quite very fast. Uh So, whatever you are teaching them, you need to teach them to understand what they do. Uh But, they are still children. And so, if they don't understand it, then they will display their understanding to you. They will display it. Uh So, they must understand what they do. And so, they are inconsistent with church attendance. They are inconsistent with paying tithes. You know, paying tithes. But once they understand it, I have a little boy at home uh, who is just about five years. Yes. Anytime I wear my boots and I step out in the morning, he's, he, he notices what I do. So he just ask me, Daddy, are you going for prayer work? I said, yes. Uh-huh. So once they catch the understanding of what you are doing, then they follow you. Uh-huh. But until they understand they will be inconsistent with it. And so, giving of offerings, when they don't understand it, they will not do it. Giving excuses for why they were unable to do this or why they were unable to do that. Excuses must not be part of us. Hello? 
Please, are we together? Yes, we were told when we were growing up that do your best. Do not give excuses for, for things. Do your best. Sometimes there could be legitimate reasons why we were unable to do something. That is, that is true or that is good. But many of the times our excuses are untrue. Many of the times our excuses are untrue. They are not true. Yes. So we must do our best. Uh -huh. So children give excuses all the time to, you know, cover up. Oh, I wasn't able to do it because of this and that and stuff like that. They are not good. Sometimes children, one of the characteristics about the children's stage is that no or poor devotional life. We must read and study every day. We said that growing up is a process. And you would have to build the blocks of your spiritual life every day. And I made mention of the fact that buildings we see all over, they, you do not rise up to find that a building is built up in a day. It takes a process. You know, daily, the builders will be laying the blocks daily and stuff. And then at the end, in about a time, then you see the building up like that. So it's, it begins daily. It's something that you must do daily. And so devotional life is something that we must be able to do. But children are inconsistent with it. And so if you are inconsistent, I pray that may the grace of God abound for you. There is a lack of proper understanding of the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. There are disciplines. There are, there are disciplines. We need to pray. We need to read. We need to memorize the word. These are all disciplines. We need to fast. Somebody say fast. Yeah, so we need to fast at times. When we're growing up, we used to fast on our day of birth. On our day of birth. Uh -huh. So from Monday to Sunday, everyone was born on a particular day. Yes, you were born on a particular day. So we, we used to fast. I'm, I'm, I'm Kofi. So it means I, I was born on Friday. Uh -huh. So on Fridays, I mostly, when, when, when we're growing up, we, we will always fast. We'll fast and then whilst we're in school, we'll just try and sneak out during the break time and then go and pray. Sometimes too after school, then we'll go and pray. And all these disciplines will help to build you up so that you grow. Now, some of the characteristics of children is that they are full of curiosity. Poking their nose into other people's affairs, you know. Children do that. Uh, they want to know what's going on uh -huh, with you. But um, sometimes they do that unintentional. They, they do that not knowing that maybe they are hurting you or something. Uh -huh. So it is a characteristic. But in the body of Christ, as we are growing up, uh -huh, we need to exercise restraint when it comes to, you know, um, poking our nose in other people's business, you see. We need to exercise some kind of restraint. We need to, you see, even as leaders, as leaders, it's important that we exercise restraint because as leaders, we are 
supposed to be watching over your life. So sometimes we need to know what is going on. So sometimes we want to ask questions and then see how best we can supply some um, answers to you. Because you also come to us with problems, with challenges. And so sometimes when you come to us, we we'll have to ask you one or two questions so that we can understand the situation in which you are in so that we can know exactly what to prescribe for you. Uh-huh. So, as for leaders, when we are asking, this is the understanding, this is the motive. We are not asking so that we would, we would maybe be talking about it with other people. But we are asking it so that we can know how to help you. How to help you. Uh-huh. But if you are just asking for asking sake and you want to just know, we need to be careful. Uh-huh. That's how children do their things. Now, um, you can read First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. It will help us to understand what I talked about, about um, children are full of curiosity. And then, the next is about talkativeness and idleness. Children talk. Uh-huh. And they talk a lot. Uh-huh. So, children have never learned the value of silence. They are talkatives and they are busybodies. Uh-huh. They are doing nothing. You will find some Christians at the childhood stage of spiritual growth always talking. Talking about people. Talking about themselves. And what they have done. What they are, well, I did this and I, I achieved this and I did this. You see, talking about it in that sense may not be bad when you channel it well. Uh-huh. When you channel it well. Bible says that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So sometimes you want to talk about what God is doing. You want to talk about the testimonies, you know, some of the things that God is doing in your life. And give the glory to God. If that is your mentality, that is fine. And there is nothing wrong about talking, but you need to talk well. We need people who can talk, who can share the word of God. You see, who can preach. If you are not a talkative to some extent, you know, sharing the word would be difficult. So you must be somebody who likes to talk. Uh-huh. You must be somebody who likes to talk. Normally, I like to give the, the, the conductor um, to someone who has a flair to talk. <laughs> who has a flair to talk. Or sometimes, when we go in out to preach the word, I like to give the mic opportunity to those who have the flair to talk. Uh-huh. They have the flair to talk. So that out there, sharing the word becomes easy. See, it, it, it's part of them, so it becomes easy. But when we are just talking and then being idle, we, when we come to the Lord, we must find work to do. We must not be idle. Children are normally idle. But we must find work to do in the house of the Lord. There are so many work. We thank God that when I came this morning, I saw many people, you know, their hands are on deck, one trying to do this, one trying to do that. What are you doing in the house of the Lord? What are you doing? If you are not, if you don't identify yourself with something, it shows the stage in which you are. Somebody say mercy. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. 
But he who restrains his lips is wise. So we need to restrain ourselves. It is not anything that comes to your mind that you just spill out. True or false? Yes. So we need to exercise some restraint in how we conduct ourselves in the house of the Lord. And in our spiritual lives. So in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3. And a fool's voice is known by his many words. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 13. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle. Going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense. Hey, somebody say, hey, it's true. Hey, you, you didn't expect that. <laughs> we will read words like this from the Bible. Saying things they ought not to. Saying things that they ought not to. People who are talking all the time put themselves in the category of threesens. Evil speaking. When we talk about evil speaking, we are talking about people who do, who discuss the faults and failures of other people in their absence. See, that is evil speaking. Discussing people in their absence, you know, their faults and their failures and stuff like that. I know that as for ACC, you won't find some here. Oh, yes. I, I can see that I don't think we'll get some here. Then we have vain speaking. Always talking about themselves. What I have done. What I am going to do. Where I have been. And stuff like that. You know that I've been a pastor. You see, sometimes some people do that. I've been a pastor for this number of years. I've traveled to this place. I've gone here and I've done this. And I have done that. You see, all such things, if you are saying it and rather giving credit to God, then there's a way to say it. Uh -huh. There's a way to say it. But when you are saying it and it's like you are drawing attention to yourself, showing that you are a superman, what are we without God? We are nothing. And so we must try and understand and give glory to God. But children do this. Vain speaking. Then foolish speaking. Yes, foolish speaking. That is when you are joking about many things. Joking. Sometimes it's good to bring one or two so that we can refresh the system. When probably the system is um, tensed up. Ah, so sometimes one or two. But it must not be something continuous where it's like you are talking about, you are joking and joking. You know, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 says that neither filthiness nor foolish talking. That's from the New King James Version. Nor cause jesting. Which are not fitting. Which are not fitting. So Bible says they are not what? They are not fitting. But rather giving thanks. Giving thanks. So some people are full of jokes other than the word of God. It must be the word. Yes. And I, I must confess that I'm, I'm really elated and excited about some of the things I've come to see here. Uh -huh. Anybody who leads the prayer quotes the word. 
Last time, last Friday, quotation. I mean, we are quoting the word. Even when we are praying, we are praying based on the word. You see? So, when we do that, we grow up faster. We understand the purpose why we are doing it. There was a story of a pastor back in the days when the church started in the Gold Coast, now Ghana. Talking about the rat. You know what a rat is? Hello? <laughs> so, this pastor was saying that the rat... I saw the rat here, and I did the, the rat, and rat, 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 rat. And Pastor Machion, who is the founder of the church at the time, was sitting there. He didn't know what the, the pastor was talking about. So he asked someone sitting close to him that, what is rat? And the pastor explained to him that he's talking about the word. He said, what? Rat? And then he got so mad and so angry. So sometimes you can just bring about something just to, you know, release the tension, but it must not be all the time. It must rather be the word, the word, yes, the yes, word, yes, yes. the word all the time. Hallelujah. And then we have the adulthood stage. Let's, let's run quickly. Adulthood stage. So there are three scriptural characteristics of the adulthood stage of Christianity. And the first one is that esteeming earthly things lightly. We'll explain all of that. Deadness to reproval or praise. Ability to recognize God at work. And we'll explain each, each one of them. Aha, you'll understand them. Esteeming earthly things lightly. Aha, we are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings. We are not, we are, we are, we are from the earth. But you see, our spirits have been renewed. Yes, yes. So we are not just earthly people. We are spiritual people. Ah. And so we must understand that some of the things that we are involved in, some of the things, because they are earthly, we need to esteem them lightly. Uh -huh. And rather esteem the things of God or the things that come from above greatly. Aha. Uh -huh. So, Kenneth Hagin has said that you cannot put earthly things above spiritual things and grow. You cannot put earthly things above spiritual things and grow. As we go on, you will understand what he means. Reading from Hebrews. Reading from the book of Hebrews. I think verse 11. Sorry, chapter 11. Verse 24. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24. I read in Jesus' name. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing, of, uh, passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Amen. Amen. So, think about what Moses refused. He was in the palace like a prince. But the Bible says that by faith, he ref when he became of age, by faith, when he became of age. Somebody say became of age. So, when he became of age, in other words, when he matured, when he became of age. So, we must become of age. We must grow in the Lord and become of age. When you become of age, when you mature, there are certain things that 
you wouldn't want it to be associated with you. So he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So God wants to proper us. And in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, we read that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. I'm telling you that the best decision of your life was giving your life to Jesus. Things will change in your life. And I like what Pastor Ango said the other day when we were baptized. He said, Jesus works. You remember? He said, Jesus works. In other words, you might be trying something that is not working. And you might be looking for something that works. Jesus works. So once you give your life to him, we can assure you there is a transformative power in Jesus that makes things work. It makes things work. And I believe that there are many testimonies of what the Lord is doing in our lives that sometimes some of us are quite um, shy, let me put it that way, to share. But if you will be sincere, and if we will be sincere with our lives, there are many things that God is doing. Once I was praying with my prayer team, and then, you know, for some time, we had prayed, uh, and it's like, the Lord was telling me that there are things that he, he has done. So I asked them that, ah, God is telling me that you, you guys have testimonies. So bring them. And then they started laughing. Then one said, I got a promotion at work. One said this, and the other said this. You know, doors that are being opened for them because they are interceding. And when we meet, usually we don't even pray for ourselves. All that we pray for is the church. The church. We are praying that God will work out his will in the church. And as we are doing that, God is also meeting their needs individually. God is meeting their needs. So even as we continue in praying for the church and God is working out things like that, then the Lord ministered to me that no, he is doing something in their lives too. So I should ask them. And I was amazed what they began to share with me that day. If you are interceding, probably you are part of the prayer force and you are doing this work for the Lord. I want you to take heart. No one washes his things without his hands also getting washed. So as you are washing, probably you are washing other people's clothes. You see, you are washing. Uh But as you are washing, if your hands are dirty, by the time you finish washing, your hands are also clean, will also be clean. So that is how working in the house or in the body of Christ, that is how it is. As you are thinking about other people, God is thinking about you. Oh, hallelujah. If you are doing something for the Lord in the house of God, I want you to be encouraged that yours is also on the way. Hallelujah. So God wants to proper us, prosper us. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. 
But he doesn't want us to put the eating and the good things or the privileges above our willingness and obedience to the word of God. So don't put the chart or the cat before the horse. The horse must always come before the cat. If you are willing and obedient, that is what God wants us to do. Then you will eat the fruit of the lamb. We must listen to the direction of leadership. It is not wrong to have money, but it is wrong for money to have you. Don't just do anything for money. But God will bless us anyway. Because 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 says that for the love of money is a root of all evil. Some people eager to get rich have pierced themselves with a whole lot of things. So God will bless us anyway. But let us not let money rule our hearts. You just be obedient to the Lord. Be willing to follow the Lord. Be willing to obey. And as you are doing that, the Lord will bless you. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will open a way for you. We must work with our hands. We must not be idle, so we must work. Someone also said, and I, and, and I just put it somewhere in my mind, that we say that the root, the love of money is the root of evil. And someone says that the lack of money is the root of all disability. So we need money anyway. But God will want us to do the first things first. And he will bless us. Hallelujah. Deadness to reproof or praise. That is the second characteristic of the adulthood stage. You must be dead to certain things. So reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, you would you'd maybe um, write it down. Paul had grown in grace to the extent that he sought only to commend himself to God. He was not influenced or affected by what others thought of him. He was not easily puffed up. Baby Christians are self-conscious. But the maturing believer is God-conscious. Uh -huh. So don't be so much conscious of yourself. Uh -huh. Sometimes when people praise you, give glory to Jesus. You are not the one who did it. Uh -huh. You are not the one who has done it. Uh -huh. So many of the times as ministers of God, we preach and people will bless you. But when we go home, we pray that, Lord, we thank you for what you have done. Uh -huh. We don't give or absorb the praise. And in the same way, we should be dead to sin. You see? So the maturing believer is dead to sin. Sin is not attractive to him. Sin is not attractive to him. And there is no reaction... <laughs> When he meets sin or he sees sin, there is no reaction in his body. That shows that he loves to do it or he would want to do it. Sin is not attractive. And anybody who is dead to sin, anytime you come face to face with something, when you are dead, you are dead. Uh -huh. Physically, a dead person will not respond to fire or, I mean, respond to anything. So that is how God wants us to understand. So you are dead 
to praise. You are dead to sin and then all that. Uh -huh. we, will, we will continue. And then the next is the ability to recognize God at work. That is another characteristic that um, we see about the adulthood kind of Christianity. I think I have, my, my time is quite spent. I'll be very fast. He says that God begins his work of transformation in the believer very early. So as the first day you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, God begins his work. He, is, he begins his work. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, Bible says that for it is God who works in you. He works in you. Uh -huh. To will and to act according to his good purpose. So God is working in us. Tell somebody God is working in you. Yeah, so God is working in you. Uh -huh. So that you can will and act according to his good purpose. Now, he does so by employing all manner of people. Maybe you are asking, how does God work in us? He does so by employing all manner of people. Sometimes it could be your landlord. Sometimes it could be your, your boss at work. Sometimes it could be somebody that does not like you. Sometimes it could be even somebody here in church. Yes. I understand that as a pastor, God will take me to different kinds of places. Currently, I am in my fourth station. My fourth station. And I have just been transferred. So I am moving to my faith now. And I have met a lot of people. Different kinds of people. Aha. Uh -huh. And there are people you will meet and they will not understand you. Even in church. There are, I have traveled. I mean in Ghana. Yes. F going from place to place. Uh -huh. In the pastoral work. Aha. Uh -huh. I don't know about how it's going to be like in, in Holland. But even in Holland, pastors are transferred. Yeah, so you are, you are transferred. Uh -huh. So we've transferred. We have been transferred quite a number of times. We have moved from place to place, working with people and all that. And in all the places that I have gone to, I can say for sure that by the time I am leaving the place, I see that God has done something different in my life. By the time I'm leaving one place, I see that God has done something different in my life. Uh -huh. Sometimes you meet people. In our current station, for instance, uh, my wife, when we came, she prayed and the Lord told her that I am coming to work on you. So the Lord told her, I am coming to work on you. And in the, in the place where we are now, where we are being transferred, by August and then also would have left. Uh -huh. And when we sit back and look at the things that God has done in their life, there are so many. At least we can count about four of them. Four. That she didn't know how to do them. But now, by God's grace, this is where the Lord has brought her to. So God will employ many things, all manner of people, circumstances, Painful and hurtful situations, disciplines, delays, delays, struggles, transfers, etc. to fulfill his transformation agenda. So God will do all this. And it's all part of his working in you so that he will bring you to where he wants to bring you. So if you are going through any challenge, 
my brother, my sister, I want you to take heart. The Lord knows what he's doing. Bible says that for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Look, as children of God, let's not cast our mind to the past or whatever is working in our families. Let's not think that, oh, it's because of your family. It's because of something you did. It's because you did this. That's why you are going through this circumstance. No. Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so, it is not about anything. It is God. The reason why you are going through what you are going through is because of God. It's because he wants to fulfill an agenda in your life. The Philistines and the enemies of Israel never came unto David to attack him until David was anointed. So when David was anointed, then Philistines and the other enemies of Israel now came to attack David because of the anointing of God. So what is the reason? It is not because of anything. It is because you have given your life to Christ. And God is doing something in your life. That is why you are going through what you are going through. But it will certainly come to an end. And his will and purpose for your life will come to pass. What must I do to keep growing in Christ? What must I do to keep growing? Our aim is that we grow from babyhood to childhood to adulthood. We must feed on the word of God daily. Read your Bible and pray every day. Read your Bible and pray every day. Personalize devotions. Do your devotions. Memorize scriptures. Memorize scriptures. Research and work on topical studies of the Bible. We thank God for Word in Five. Word in Five in ACC. Last time when I came, I enjoyed it. The guy who spoke the word, God bless you. You did great. Admonishing us to be united, to stay, you know, be united and all that. Yes, it's good. So, topical, that is topical study. And it's good that every month, pastor gives a theme for the month. And then everybody is supposed to research and come up with something. So, word in five is good. Preaching the gospel, teaching where the opportunity presents itself. The second is that we must be teachable. Let's not, one of the things that characterizes the um, babyhood aspect of Christianity is innocence. And we said that innocence is something that we must not outgrow. We must not outgrow it. So, if you are innocent, you are teachable. You want to learn. You can't say that, um, um, you can't tell me that. You can't tell me that. You see, we must be open, willing to learn. We must, you know, be teachable and all that. Be under authority is the third one. If you want to grow, you, yes. you must be under authority. Yes. Be under authority. So God has instituted authority in the church. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Be under authority. So we have the leadership. You can do what you want. Be under authority. Put yourself under authority. Uh -huh. And it will help you to grow. Uh -huh. Be under authority. Leaders, if you can't come for a meeting, ask for permission. Amen. Hallelujah. Not for leaders alone. If you can't come for any meeting, 
ask for permission. Send a message. Maybe to, if you have squads or groups, send a message to your group leader. If not, then send a message to pastor or the presiding elder. Maybe I can't come for today because of this or that. You see, don't absent yourself like that. The Bible says that we should not give up meeting together. So people who are growing in the Lord don't do that. You see, they take things because even at work, at work, hello? Should I say what I want to say? At work, can you absent yourself from work without sending any message to your boss or asking permission to do so? You will be fired. How much more the kingdom of God? You can't do anything. You can't do anything that you want. So, ask, be under authority. If you are traveling, nothing stops you from saying, Pastor, please, I'm traveling. You see, and obviously, he will say, okay, the Lord be with you. And the Lord be with you is enough power to take you to wherever you are going and bring you back. Don't underestimate the leadership that God has put in the church. Be under authority. Stop talking. And let God do his work. There are some of you who talk. And they do this and that. And that. And he has done this to me. And, and, and you see, you are talking so much. And I've not been preaching. And I've not been put on the speaker's plan. And I've not been doing this. And blah, blah, blah. You are talking so much. Stop talking. And let God do his work. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. And, and stop being offended. Uh-huh. Be, be conscious. Be God conscious. Stop being offended. Uh-huh. And be afraid to sin. Be afraid to sin. Genesis chapter 39, verse 9 to 10. Please, can you read that one for me quickly? Genesis 39, 9 to 10. I'll be done quickly. Genesis chapter 39, verse... 9 to 10. 9 to 10. And I read in Jesus' name. There is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. Mm-hmm. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as he spoke to Joseph... All right. Okay, so how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So we must be afraid. So Joseph was afraid to sin. He was afraid to sleep with Potiphar's wife. He was afraid. Beloved, God is in our midst. God is in this body. He is the reason why we are all part of the body of Christ. When someone does something, it affects all of us. Remember Achan. When someone does something, it affects all of us. We want to keep the presence of God in the body of Christ. We want to keep the presence of God in the body of Christ. Let us be afraid of sin. And when we are afraid to sin, the presence of God will continue to reign in the body of Christ. And we will grow. We will grow. We have learned, to conclude, we have learned the various stages of Christian growth in the church of God. That God is at work preparing us and transforming us from babes to Christ, from babes in Christ to children, and then to adulthood in his kingdom. When we are committed to growing our spiritual lives, God will be pleased, and the church will continue to be glorious. 
Now, please help me with 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. This is what I'm ending with. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. And I read in Jesus' name. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit, um, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Shall we please be upstanding? Shall we please be upstanding? Now, Bible says that the Lord is a spirit. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. ACC. So, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is the one who is responsible for transforming our lives. He's the one who is responsible for changing us from one glory to the other, from one stage to the other. And so, He's the one who makes all things possible. I want you to bow down your heads in prayer to the Lord right now. He will touch you. He will breathe into you. He will take away that burden, that weakness, that addiction, that weakness, that thing that you are struggling in. He will blow it away right now. He will empower you again. He will strengthen you again so that you can be different. So that there will be nothing that blocks your growth as a Christian. Just continue to pray. Just thank him at this time. Thank him at this time. The Lord is here. The Lord is in our midst. Blow over us the breath of God. Sweep over us the spirit of God. Change my whole being, transform me, Lord. Cause me to do your will, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Blow over me, breath of God. Sweep over me, Spirit of God. Change my whole being, Lord. Transform me. Cause me to do your will, Lord. Cause me to do your will, Lord. Cause me to do your will, Lord. Let every weakness disappear. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. 
Can you please lift up your two hands to the Lord? You are not in control. It's the Lord who is in control. Amen. He will blow over you. He will breathe into you. Yes. Can you just focus on him now? Can you just focus on him now? The Bible says in John chapter 8 verse 36 that if the son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. If there is any weakness whatsoever, any addiction, may it be broken by the power of God. May the Lord touch you wherever you are standing. May the Spirit of God come over you. May the Spirit of God flow over you. May every weakness, every addiction be broken in the name of Jesus. May the Lord touch you now. Wherever you are standing, may the Lord touch you now. Wherever you are viewing us from, may the Lord touch you now. May the Spirit of God blow over you now. In the name of Jesus, He is touching you. He is setting you free. He is touching you. He is setting you free. Receive freedom in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, receive your freedom in the Lord. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. weaknesses are being blown Jesus. away. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. You are doing all this because you have a purpose for our lives. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And so we believe that whatever stage in which we we find ourselves and whatever is going on in our lives, Lord, you are the reason for it. And so we commit your church into your hands. Our prayer is that may you touch us, Lord. Individually, may you touch us, Lord. If there are hurtful situations your people are going through, we pray for a touch of the Holy Hallelujah. Ghost. Yes. We pray that you will strengthen us. Yes, sir. We pray that you will empower us. Yes, sir. We pray that we will move out of this service knowing that, Lord, we've had an encounter with Amen. you. Hallelujah. Having an assurance in our heart that you who have begun a good work, you will bring it to an expected end. May your name be glorified. Amen. May your name be praised. Thank you for what you are doing. Testimonies are going to abound and abound and abound and abound and abound. You are going to be doing many things in the lives of your people. Your people are going to be blessed. And they will give all the glory and the honor to your name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, celebrate Jesus right now. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus.